podcast from Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk. If you'll turn with me to Psalm 89, um, and we're just going to read the first four verses. Let me read this to you before we begin. I will sing of the Lord's great love forever. With my mouth, I will make your faithfulness known through all generations. I will declare that your love stands firm forever, that you establish your faithfulness in heaven itself. You said, I have made a covenant with my chosen one. I have sworn to David, my servant, I will establish your line forever and make your throne firm through all generations. Let's pray. Father, this morning we just want to come before you, knowing, Lord God, that we are nothing. But Father, in that, that has not changed your love for us. Father, you have loved us with a never-ending, unfailing, reckless love. And Lord, as we sit, as we stand here this morning, we can do nothing but marvel at that love. And we pray, Lord God, that as we open your word, as we unlock this piece of scripture, that Father, you might open our hearts, that you might speak through me, that Father, we might hear what you have got to say to each one of us. Lord, we thank you for this opportunity, for the freedom that we have. Bless us now, we pray, for we ask these prayers in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, it was no more apparent than yesterday when I was stood on the golf course that standing firm is quite difficult. For whatever reason, we, we've got this tradition that, um, that when it's the male birthday in, in my family, we go golfing. I have no idea where it's come from, um, what it's born out of, apart from selfishness. And <laughs> but anyway, every year, that's what we do. So for, for my brother-in-law, Sim, his birthday, my brother, Kev, who you all now know, his birthday, and my dad, his birthday. I am a little bit of an exception to that because I'm, I'm not a massive fan of golf. Although I don't mind it, I wouldn't choose to do it. So I often change my mind and we do something else. But anyway... Yesterday it was my dad's birthday, so we were golfing. Um, now, we all, we all realized by Wednesday that Saturday was not going to be great. I don't know whether you saw the forecast, but when, it, when you get those weather warnings, I've heard that's not a good thing and not a wise idea to be outside in said storm. But anyway, as we did, we got ourselves ready, put the clubs in the boot, drove down to Derby, where my dad lives, picked my dad up, in the hope that he would go, lads, this is crackers. <laughs> We'd be silly to go golfing. And we'd have been like, yeah, yeah, you're right, let's go do something else. No, it was like, it doesn't look too bad, does it? At that, my, my heart sank. I was like, oh, no, here we go. Anyway, so we, we, we pull up to the, to the golf club, and the, the guy in the club shop happily takes our money, sort of shaking, our head, shaking his head at us, like, what are you doing? 
And we were like, is anybody else out there? And he went, there's been a few out there this morning. I knew he was lying. I, I was absolutely positive that that was not the truth. Um, so anyway, we, we pay our fee and, and out we go onto the golf course. And, and I, I was first on the tee. We dropped the, the golf balls and the one nearest the tee goes first, devastated. Anyway, I strike the ball, it, it, it goes up. And it sort of hung there for a little bit. And I was like, well, that, that's not normal. Of all the goal shots I've ever hit, that's not normal. It sort of hung there and dropped. And I was like, well, that is closer than I'd like it to be, to me. Um, and the other thing as well, because it was so wet, it, it was like you, you tend to take a pitch marker or pitch repairer with you. So you just dig it out. My, my uh, weapon of choice was a Spear and Jackson spade. Um, because you had to dig, you had to dig your ball out because it sunk about four inches into the ground. That is not an exaggeration. It was horrendous. So anyway, there we were, and I got. It, we all teed off, and we did what we did, and it was like this is absolutely insane. We got to the fourth, and on my backswing, this is not a joke, and I kid you not. On my backswing, it almost blew me over. That is honestly, I was on the on the up, and I went no. And it was so bad, you're all thinking, out. why has he got his... Are you ready for this? Let's see if I can get this. For some entirely unknown reason, we're on the course completely by ourselves. Nobody else here whatsoever. Nobody. We don't know why. <laughs> Unexplainable. Could you hear the wind in the background? Whose idea was it to go golfing? Ludicrous. Anyway... The reason that I tell you that is this, is, you know, I've noticed in life that we, we come to church, we do what we feel like we want to do, we need to do, and, and if I keep going to church, then everything's going to be all right, and if I keep reading the Word of God, then everything's going to be all right, and if I keep praying, everything's going to be all right. But, but much like yesterday, well, the ground wasn't very stable. I was a little bit slippy, and, and it just was absolutely clear that the harder that the wind blew, the less chance I had of standing firm. And this sort of unfolded throughout the morning. We did only manage nine holes. We got to the ninth, and the, the, the rain was horizontal. You know that sort? Freezes your face off? That was, that was the rain. And, and I, I suddenly realized that actually, you know, it reminds me a lot of, of life. And, and I wondered then, well, is there, is there a remedy? Is there a remedy to this shakeable nature that I have? Is there a remedy to this storm? Is there a remedy to life and what it throws at us? Is there a remedy to, to what's going off on our day to day? And, and I was drawn to this psalm. Uh, this is a psalm by a gentleman by the name of Ethan. You ever heard of Ethan? The Ezraite. Um, now, he only wrote one psalm. And this is it. And as he starts off this psalm, it's so very clear that as you, uh, if you get a chance later on, re read the entire psalm because it's so evidently clear that he is speaking into a storm. He is speaking into life and its chaos. And he is speaking into a moment when King David was probably suffering, I guess, as a king does, when things aren't always going well. If you're the king, if things aren't going well, everything around you starts to fall to pieces, yeah? 
And, and um, what happens now is Ethan sort of pens this to, to do something which I'm hoping that we can learn from this morning. He does what a wise person should do. So Ethan, the Ezraite, wrote only one psalm. And, and um, Solomon actually says about this guy, if you have a look in 1 Kings chapter 4, um, 1 Kings chapter 4, I have to go backwards, not forwards. That were crackers for a minute, and we're there. 1 Kings chapter 4, just, just have a listen to this. Uh, verse 30 and 31. Um, he was wiser, this is talking about Solomon, than any other man, including, there he is, you've not seen him before, now you've seen him twice, look. Ethan, the Ezraite, wiser than all the others that are named there. But you see, this guy gets credit right at the beginning to, to, to say, look, Solomon is so wise, he's even wiser than our friend here, Ethan. It's safe to say then that his wisdom was notable. So what does he do that's so wise in the midst of a storm. The first thing he does is he remembers and he recalls God's love, God's faithfulness, and God's promise. Let me read it for you again. Now we've read it, we've prayed, we've had an introduction. Now listen. I will sing of the Lord's great love forever. With my mouth I will make your faithfulness known through all generations. I will declare that your love stands firm forever. That you establish your faithfulness in heaven itself you said, I have made a covenant with my chosen one. I have sworn to David, my servant, I will establish your line forever and make your throne firm through all generations. What an incredible statement of faith. You know, I guess what makes him so wise is he doesn't do what I tend to do. Um, is I so quickly forget in the storm what God has done for me. I so quickly forget what God is doing for me. I don't know whether you're the same, so I didn't want to say us, because you guys could be, you know. But me as a mere human, um, I think, well, actually, when I think about all that's going off, and, and just in my world, I can think, well, I, that's too big for me to cope with. It's just too much, Lord. I, I can't deal with it. And, and I start to sort of step away from it. And the, the more that I step away from God, well, actually, the slipperier the ground gets. Have you ever noticed that? It's what they call a slippery slope. That just came to my head. It's incredible. Just making sure you're listening. And, and we start drifting away and we start thinking, well, I can deal with this on my own and it's too much and, and I can't deal with that. So I'm going to park that and now I'm going to take it back and I'm going to start sliding down the slope on my bum. Anybody else been there? Oi. And the wisdom that comes out from Ethan is he says, look, you have to be careful. Because we can, it's not a conscious decision to drift away. It's not a conscious decision to say, God, look, <laughs> I've had enough for the time being. It's not a conscious decision, but subconsciously, in our fear, we, we start to slide and we start to drift. 
and we start to, well, you know, I'm, I'm still reading the Word of God. You, you know the type. When you, when you have those moments, you're like, oh, there's nothing on that page. <laughs> oh, no, not that one. And then you turn to Job. <laughs> and you're like, I don't know whether I can cope with this. And that's never been the way that the Lord has told us to read the Word of God. That's never been the way that the Lord has encouraged us to study. That's never been the way. But, but we do it because, well, I'm still doing it, and I'm still praying, Lord, I need your help. Help me now. Amen. Okay, you've never done that. Wow. Okay. <sighs> tough crowd, guys. Tough crowd. And we sort of get, we feel like we're doing the right things. We feel like we're ticking the boxes, but really that is all that we're doing. We're just striking things off in our head that says, yeah, I've, I've prayed this morning. Lord, I demand your help. And if it does not come, we shall not be friends any longer. Lord, I've read the word of God. I spun through the pages and I found myself a psalm. And to be quite honest, it depressed me even further. It's real, isn't it? You know, we're not playing Christian. The, the truth is that this is real life. And if, we, if we're not ready for real life, if we're not ready in wisdom to tackle the things that come at us, that the enemy throws at us, if we're not ready, well, then it's just this sweeping nature where the wind and the waves just take us aside. The word tells us that we're to be steadfast and sure, that we're to be absolutely rooted in the word of God. So when the storm does come, what happens? The waves pass over me doesn't matter what they do, I'm going to stay rooted and firm. And church, that's what we want each of us. That's where we need to be. Not that we're tossed about by every swathe of random teaching or that we're tossed around by all the storms that come into our life, but we're absolutely steadfast and we're sure and we're using wisdom to make sure that we're doing what God has called us to do and we're recalling as Ethan has told us to, we're recalling the promises and the love that God has for each one of us in his faithfulness, which is so absolute. In Psalm 136, the psalmist tells us repeatedly that his love endures forever. It endures forever, not for a short time, not just in the good moments, but forever. His love endures forever. It's difficult for us to understand forever, isn't it? You know, we have a, a period of forever, which is, you know, sort of 90, 100 years. And, and as I guess medical science moves on, it might progress into the 110, 120 maybe. That, that's our forever. But, but when God's talking about forever, he's talking about eternity. So then when we read that, we say God's love endures for eternity, forever. And it's an unshakable, immovable love. It doesn't change like shifting shadows. It's absolute. It's constant. And that's difficult for us to grasp, isn't it? Especially in Britain. Because one minute it's like this, and in a week's time it's going to be lovely. Please, Lord. <laughs> But we, we, we don't understand these things because life is so transient. And wisdom is making sure we root ourselves into what is absolute and what is certain and what is sure. And a hope that I can cling to that isn't like a shifting shadow, that is absolutely constant and sure. You see, you see where wisdom's taking us? It's taking us, helping us to keep our eyes on God 
not on the situation and the circumstances around us. And um, 1 John 4, verse 9 and 10, we, we're in 1 John in our Bible studies on Wednesday evenings. Uh, remember, there isn't one this week. That would have been awkward. You're thinking it was. That was nothing. 1 John 4, verse 9 and 10. Listen to what this says. Um, this is how God showed his love among us. He sent his son his one and only son, into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. And we said on Wednesday, well, that's love. That's an agape love. That's a God-given, unchangeable, unshakable love. And what does it depend on? Not you. Amen? It doesn't depend on you. God loved you while we were still sinners. Christ died for us. God loves you in spite of you. That's remarkable, isn't it? That's remarkable. God loves you even while we were enemies of the cross. Romans 8 um, and verse 38 and 39. Alistair alluded to these verses this morning. I was sweating at the time. <laughs> Romans 8 verse 38 and 39. Listen to this. Paul says this. He says, For I am convinced... That neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation. Have I left anything out? So nothing then will be able to separate us from the love of God that it is in Christ Jesus our Lord. How could Paul be so sure? Well, because God had told him that his love endures forever. Paul could be absolutely certain because it experienced that love. Remember Paul, who was Saul, an enemy of the cross. So much so he was killing Christians. Yeah? You think you're, a, I mean, woo! An enemy of the cross to the point where he was persecuting and killing Christians on his way to go and drag Philip back to Jerusalem. That's where he was going. And the Lord Jesus met him and said, Saul, I love you, even though you hate me. And now I'm going to turn your whole life around. And Paul then would become one of the greatest evangelists, if you like, to the Gentiles and to the Jewish nation, but particularly to the Gentiles, to people like you and me who are not of Jewish descent. And he would share the word of God. And we, we bask in that because of his... Uh, his his revealment by the Lord and his obedience to what the Lord had called him to. You see, God's faithfulness and his promises are yes and amen. Ethan says in verse 2 um, that it was established, his faithfulness was established in heaven itself. One thing I thought about with that is that heaven, well, that's perfect, yeah? And God is absolutely perfect. Why would you establish faithfulness anywhere else other than perfection? If, if you want to know what faithfulness is, then if it starts and is born out of perfection, then we know what faithfulness is. That means when his love endures forever, I can be sure and certain of what he says because God is faithful to his promises. So therefore, because it was born out of perfection, I have something to measure it by, not by me. Not by you, not by anything else that this world can offer, but I can measure his faithfulness by the perfection that is God, who loved me while I was still a sinner. 
And now I'm starting to realize, well, that's perfect love. That's perfection. That's faithfulness that's been born in heaven itself. And now I'm starting to picture something that I hadn't grasped before. Because instead of me getting swept away by the wind and the waves and swept about by the storm, I'm starting to realize that God is faithful. And that even when the storm comes, I can still stand. Because we've talked about this before, church, if the very worst that should happen, as far as the world sees it, the very worst thing that can happen is I go home and I see my saviour. You with me? You understand what I'm saying there, don't you? And I don't say that in the wrong tone, but I say that in the right tone. Because the world clings to things that are so unimportant. And God says, no, look, I love you. You've got a hope that's steadfast and sure. Cling to that. Cling to that steadfast love that is unshakable, that is unchangeable, that is absolute. Because it was born in heaven, faithfulness that was born and rooted out of something that is absolute perfection. So when we see it, it's hard for us to grasp because I don't know what perfect is. I know what you're thinking, have you not looked in the mirror? (laughs) Just making sure you're listening. Yeah, I've looked, don't worry, I know. (laughs) Because of God's great love for us, we are recipients of that perfection, of that faithfulness. So what can we do and how can we be wiser? How can we apply wisdom in the storm? Firstly, wisdom is God's word applied. James 1 verse 22 says, don't just merely listen to the word. Oh, that's good, but don't just do that. Apply it. He says, be doers of the word. Apply it to your life. Don't just listen to it, but apply it to your everyday. So the first thing we should do is apply God's word to our life. Secondly, And a hinge point, really, is breathe. Psalm 46 and verse 10 says, Be still and know that I am God. You see how the and know that I am God comes after the what? The being still. Because if you're not still, you can't recognize it. If you're not still, you can't grasp it. If you're not still, you can't recall all that he's done for you. If you can't just sit and listen and be quiet, it's very difficult. He says, be still and know that I am God. It's only in the still, it's only in the breathing that we'll be able to recall this truth. And thirdly then, is trust. Proverbs 3 verse 5 and 6, a verse that is, uh, I would imagine most of you have got uh, got it highlighted or it's in uh, something somewhere, uh, for those of us who know and love the Lord, says, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Even when the path doesn't seem straight, if we acknowledge him, what does he do? He straightens out the path. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, because my understanding is very limited. And, and I, my understanding is very limited. 
Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. You know, church, these are things that enable us to step into what God has called us to. You can only do this one if the first two are applied. You see, if I apply God's word into my life, if I take time out to breathe and recall all that God has done for me, then I can start to think, well, he is trustworthy. I can start to remember that he is worth counting on, that he is the only thing in this world that is steadfast and absolute. And his faithfulness, born in heaven, is absolutely perfect. And God's saying to us, look, listen, wisdom is God's word applied. Secondly, breathe, Psalm 46.10. And thirdly, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, and he will make your path straight. Alistair's going to play a media, and then we'll pray.
opportunity to be able to look into your word we thank you for all that you've done for us and Lord as we just understand that you are steadfast and sure that your faithfulness was born in heaven Father we pray that you would just help us to lock into that that Father you'd help us to just see that for all it's worth Father we'd understand that as the storms come that Lord we can stand strong because you are right by our side Lord we tell you this morning that we love you but Lord that's only because you first loved us we thank you, Lord. We praise your name. We lift your name high. Bless us, Lord, now as we share together, as we enjoy each other's company. Father, may all of our conversations just be drenched with your love. Lord, we ask these prayers in Jesus' precious name. This has been a podcast by Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk.